0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, Coffee and Books. I am your host, Scott. Thank you again for making this podcast a success and listening and sharing with your friends. Uh, Please be sure to rate and review this podcast so other people can find it. We think that's very important when we get new listeners here on this podcast. Um, Please be sure to share it with a friend, your parents, whoever. I'd love to hear from you. Um, Again, if you want to know more information about a book or you'd like to talk to me, please be sure to email me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 hayahoo.com. Okay, so before I begin today's podcast, I also want to give a shout out to my friend Sarah Irwin, who published a book recently. Um, It's going to be for sale soon at all retailers. It's called Missing Pieces. Um, I hope to review the book soon and bring it to more of your attention. Um, It's published locally, uh, but you can find it also soon on Amazon and Barnes & Noble's, and other retailers. So it's also very exciting that I have a friend who published a book, and it makes me interested in also publishing my own work. So I am also a writer, and I am also an author. I would like to publish more myself. Um, Anyway, that's all for now uh, about that topic, and we'll hopefully come back to that later. Um, But Let's begin today's podcast. Today's podcast is a special one that is my first science fiction book. It is called The Man in a High Castle, and it is by Philip K. Dick. Uh, Philip K. Dick is a very famous science fiction author who I did not know about before this um, began, before I started reading this book. Most importantly, there's a couple of things you should know about this guy first. A... He was schizophrenic, which is something I learned about through other people after I talked to them about this. This is true. You could tell about it when you read his work. It's very sort of scattered, but very interesting. Would never put that work together. Uh, Two, um, he is a very famous author. He's written a lot of books. Um, The Blade Runner series is based on his books. This Man in the High Castle has its own series on Amazon Prime. Uh, But basically, he's written anything even remotely connected to sci-fi ever. Um, Movies such as The Minority Report are based on his works. um, Total Recall, any science fiction, you know, basically big movie that you've probably heard about is somewhat probably connected to him. Uh, His probably most biggest success of a movie, though, like if we were talking in terms of popularity, would be um, obviously Blade Runner. Okay, so... I have yet to read that series, I did not know it was a book beforehand, I have not watched a movie on that either, so before we go into Blade Runner, we're going to start with The Man in the High Castle, which is what intrigued me. Okay, so what is The Man in the High Castle and why do I consider it sci-fi? Well, to be honest with you, it's not 100% sci-fi. It's not necessarily set in the future. It's actually set in 1960s in an alternate reality, a very interesting alternate reality in which the Japanese and the Germans won World War II instead of the Americans and the Allies. So what in the world happened? How did we get to that point? Well, there's actually a few points of interest in the book that talk about how that all changed. Um, So, Uh, To summarize this story, basically it follows a group of people in San Francisco and in Colorado and their adventures throughout uh, the book in the Pacific, Western United States through Wyoming. Um, We go to Cheyenne, we go to all different kinds of uh, places. It's very exciting, um, mainly because I always loved what-if scenarios. So my biggest question was, how in the world did they get to be Japanese and German? How did the U.S. get divided? How did we lose the war What in the world happened? Well, there's a couple ways they explain it in the novel. Um, So in the book, they have various different accounts uh, from different people of what they think happened. But basically, um, the German propaganda machine is putting out one answer, the Japanese is putting out another answer, and we're left with kind of like a mixed bag of results. But basically, what we know in the alternate reality, we have FDR as president who died very much a younger person. Uh, You know, instead of living to the 40s and guiding America through World War II, he died before America could get off the ground with the war effort, and died in the 30s, particularly in the late 30s during the. Not necessarily the height of the economic depression, but a lot of his work failed, such as the New Deal and other such economic metaphors uh, that failed to kick in the uh, necessary economic sustenance that the United States needed to go to war, uh, particularly in Europe. Um, and there's other factors as well. Um, Soviet Union collapses on itself. Russia succeeds in uh, destroying its own self. And rather, Germany is successful in invading Stalingrad and is successful in wiping out um, pretty much the entire Russian Empire, which leads Great Britain to defend itself pretty much from all of Nazi Germany. Um, Japan is successful in expanding their empire. And what you're left with is basically the United States and other countries being divided up between a German sphere of influence and... And the um, Japanese sphere of influence. Also, as a side note, Germans were able to create uh, nuclear power in this alternate reality, and were able to use that power to go explore to space. Which is where the sci-fi part comes in. They're able to go to Venus. They're able to go to Mars. They're able to go travel the universe, which you don't really see a whole lot of in this book, unfortunately. It's more or less um, the Germans and the Japanese. Um, being suspicious of one another, now that they're no longer um, allies, they are suspecting each other of the two great superpowers, and in essence, it's created an alternate version of the Cold War, where, ja- where Japan and, basically, um, Germany are all in this kind of mixed bag of Cold War results. Okay, so, now that we know that it's an alternate reality, it's in the 60s, and it's an alternate Cold War, um, let's go into what in the world happened to the United States. Well, the United States is divided basically into three parts. On the northeast and south coast um, is ruled by Nazi Germany. And in the Pacific part, you know, specifically uh, California um, and all of the western part of the coast is ruled by Japan. And then in the middle, it's sort of divided between that where there's a buffer state, which is the, like an independent republic that divides the two so that they don't fight each other. Um, in the novel, we have many Americans and different backgrounds. Uh, for instance, Jews who fled from New York to California to avoid Nazi persecution and the concentration camps. Um, we had characters who fled the Japanese. We had um, all different kinds of realities happening all at once. But basically, anything that was bad that you could think of that Germany was doing, they continued to do it. Okay, Now, in the alternate reality, Hitler is no longer the leader of the uh, Nazi Germany, he has syphilis and he has been taken to a sort of home where he is put out to pasture. In other words, he's no longer in charge of the country and it's up to other leaders to sort of fill in the gap um, in the novel which we're going to now discuss the major plot points, so if you want to check it out before the plot spoilers, I would recommend that um, we're going to get into that there was a coup that basically happened in the novel um, there was a the death of Martin Bormann um, you know, the main major figurehead of Nazi Germany, and how there were different people, such as gobbles, who tried to come to power, and it made Germany fluctuate in terms of what their plans were with Japan. Uh, for instance, in Nazi Germany, we meet some of the leaders along the way who discussed the possibility of going into a nuclear holocaust and just ending the whole world. We also see the reality, which is, um, you know, Germany is highly suspicious of Japan, and as a result, they have spies everywhere. Um, they're very convinced that Japan is going to, you know, just basically fight them on every possible conceivable notion, so they have this operation called Dandelion, which is we're just going to wipe out the Japan home islands with a nuclear attack, which in our reality, you know, the U.S. bombed, obviously, um, Japan twice with nuclear weapons, so it's interesting to see the alternate reality predicting that as well. Um, but most importantly, the total mind bleep in this book, Um, The total mind conception that throws everyone off is that in the middle of this novel, you're following these characters and their journeys, and there is a book that is described as called The Grasshopper Lies Heavy. What The Grasshopper Lies Heavy is, is their version of what would have happened if the Allies won which is funny to me because how we're predicting how Germany and Japan would have basically gone on a nuclear war and destroyed each other, it's basically the same thing as if they thought Russia and the United States would go to war against each other. Or that Russia and Great Britain, or U.S. and Great Britain, they basically didn't know what was going to happen. And this author wrote an alternate reality of what would have happened if the Allies had won as well. And it's just sort of funny because this book was written in the 60s at the height of the Cold War. Um, This is an impossible task to actually ask about what if, what would have happened because we don't know. But I just like how in the middle of this novel, in the middle of this craziness, in the middle of this story, there's just another book that you're reading about another book and what would have happened if the Allies won. And it's completely different than our actual reality. So anyway, if that wasn't enough for you, all the major characters in this book basically support this author, who's an underground uh, writer, and then later it later comes out that this writer just basically used um, uh, what a, a Chinese fortune, uh, like as in like a a Chinese fortune-telling um, poem, to determine what what actually happened in reality, and wrote that as a book, and then used that as proof to be- being a bestseller. So. With all that being said, this is what I actually think of the novel, and the conclusion and the climax and everything. So you have these characters, like Fink who 's a jew who uh, he is a person in the San Francisco area who fled German territory to escape being obviously killed um, He becomes an independent jewelry maker. Um, He's trying to manufacture some goods in the United States that are locally owned and not a market for historical items, uh, which is where the majority of people make their money in the U.S. now. Um, Japan is all the major powers and players and figures, and they're basically the top of the hierarchy. So in San Francisco... Um, If you're white, you're actually considered beneath the Japanese, and then obviously, in terms of utter subtle racism, everything else kind of works its way down. Other Asians are below the whites, like the Chinese. Um, Blacks are definitely lower on the list in this time period as well, or African Americans, Uh, but the way the author talks about them is very derogatory. Um, One thing I just want to say is that I did not agree with how the author represented the minorities in this book, Uh, but again. It's an alternate reality that was written in the 60s, and this is pretty much either during or before the Civil Rights Movement, and as a result, you're left with sort of a author with mental health issues writing about um, problematic <laughs> depictions of minorities. So, um, again, did not agree with or condone his racism or the way he depicts people in this novel, uh, but again... It is just a product of its time and environment, and it also should be noted that it was written by someone who did not have the best mental health capacities, and we have to understand that before we analyze it and say, well, this author is clearly a huge racist and is someone who's offensive to everyone. He did not necessarily mean his work in that way. All right, so um, the main point is, is that Fink uh, has a wife who is in Colorado. Um, they are separated. His wife meets an Italian truck driver who is going through the United States. It turns out this Italian truck driver is not really Italian at all, but is a secret German agent. She discovers this. Uh, the German agent is using her to get close to the author of this book, The Grasshopper Lies Heavy, as he is a Nazi guard who wants to assassinate the leader of this book or this movement that is spreading across the world. He wants to end... All of the political ideologies that are associated with this book, even though it is completely written not by this author himself, um, which we find out later in the novel, Um, but before she discovers that this guy is a, a German agent, she decides that they should go visit together and have a good night on in town and go drive to Wyoming where they're going to visit the man in the high castle. It turns out the author, who we meet at the very end of the book, is someone who is not afraid to die, is not worried about his ideologies, and has accepted the fact that other people will never quite understand his work, and that it is meant to be confusing, it is meant to be that way, and we're not really given an explanation as to why, it just sort of is this thing that he didn't create, and he just takes credit for. And that's the end of the novel, and uh, we're left with uh, basically... No explanation as to the other characters, other than just they perceive alternate realities. And, again, other characters in the book are represented by Japanese agents and are represented by uh, people on the German side. I mean, we we see how uh, the world reacts to major events in that time period in the 60s. Again, I'm not doing it quite the justice this book deserves, because I did not actually take notes during this one. Uh, but now this is the part that I wanted to talk about the most, uh, which is how I actually felt about the book, because this book er evokes really strong emotions in me, and that's what drew me to it. As I said, the alternate what-if reality is very interesting, but at the end of the day, I did not agree or like this novel. I did not think it was well-written. In fact, I actually would give this uh, three stars out of five, and here's why. The concept of the book is amazing. The idea of this alternate reality has a lot of what-if scenarios, but I did not like the characters at all. To me, all of the characters in the book were self-absorbed, interested only in their own pursuits, and had no interest whatsoever in the current reality or fixing what they saw as wrong. In fact, all the characters in the novel were just doing their own thing, and it was random to me. You know, like if I lived in that time period, and I am so glad I did not, you know, in this alternate reality, I would be wondering, why on earth isn't someone trying to fix it? You get the sense that this author is trying to fix the wrongs in the world, but then it comes out that this author is nothing. He is a a sham, a, a fraud. He is not who he says he is. He's just taking credit for something that was given to him. So at the end of the day, What you're left with is a sort of a hollow novel, an idea about a couple formulated concepts, and maybe they're just going over my head, but I felt as if all the characters in the book did not actually represent anything to me that was good. In fact, they all represent to me what was bad about that uh, period. You know, Even though it's an alternative history, all the characters only care about themselves, and it shows their selfish motives and actions. Okay, so why did I give it a 3 out of 5 if I didn't like it so much? Well, uh, the fact that the author interested me with his prestige and famous science fiction writings, the fact that it was a scenario in which I was very interested in in the first place, um, and also the fact that I did want to know what happens. I still, at the end of the day, wanted to read the novel all the way through, even though I didn't like it, just because I wanted to see it. Was there a surprise twist at the end? Was there something that you know, was going to save the day? Or are they going to wake up and realize that they're not really in that reality anymore? I wanted to know, because uh, sci-fi fis sci books and sci-fi movies are known for their great plot twists. And that did not happen. Although you could argue that it did happen in the sense that the author came out as not really the author of this book. Um, but again, at the end of the day... Was it confusing? Sure, but I did and I did enjoy the alternate reality. I did enjoy the book that they were talking about, which the Allies won. And to me, what mattered more than the characters to this novel was actually the fact that, hey, um, you know this is a type of reality in which all of this is fake and make-believe, but let's just connect it to current people and events at that time in the '60s. Um, so at the end of the day. This is a good novel, if you like science fiction. If you like Philip K. Dick, you'll like this novel. But if you're a beginner, and you're not into sci-fi, and you're wanting to pick out a book, this, to me, is not the example. Maybe watch the TV show instead. I've heard that the first season is really good, and I've heard the second season is bad. So, maybe watch the TV show on Amazon Prime. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you like it. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, when all the stars are written out, and how this novel is laid out... I give it a 3 out of 5, just because it had the promise to be good, but unfortunately, it nosedived really quickly for me. Thank you again for listening to my podcast. Thank you again for sharing and giving me your support. Uh, Thank you for letting me ramble to you about other books that are out there. Again, if you have any books you want me to read, please be sure to email me and uh, check out my Patreon page as well. It is also called Coffee and Books. And uh, Thank you so much again for listening to me, and uh, have a great day.